Turn with me to Psalm 139. That's where we're going to be. We are preaching this, this series is about my favorite app right now. Who has Be Real? Couple. Y'all, I'm going to show y'all how much I've been doing Be Real. I'm going to show y'all. I literally, it's embarrassing. I have a better streak on Be Real than my Bible app. It's really, really bad. I'm going to show you the list. Hold on. I'm going to show you. Watch this. Ready to see? I got it in November. No, I got it earlier this year. January, that was a huge jump. So I have not missed a single day ever since I've gotten this app. I have made it every day. It's been... It's been every single day that I have not missed a single B-reel. And that's very, very shameful and very, very sad to say that I have done a very good job keeping my B-reel. But I like it. The reason why I like it is because it's authentic. The thing about this app is that when you download it, when you get your friends and you, and you have your little friend list, I have about maybe 15, not that popular, I there's a certain notification that happens and it's and it's called time to be real and what it does is that it shoots a notification to everybody who owns the app not just you and your close friends everybody in the world that owns this app gets that notification and the goal within two minutes is to post what you're doing in that moment so you basically it takes a picture of your front camera or your back camera and then it'll do the same thing on the other side so you do your front camera take a picture from your back camera vice versa it basically is showing what are you doing? Are you being real? What's the authentic part of your day? Have y'all ever had, wait, who's the ones that had B-Real? Raise your hand. You have B-Real. Have you ever had a B-Real notification where you were about to take a shower and you got a B-Real notification? I was literally, I was literally about to walk into the shower. I was literally about to walk into the shower and I get the notification on the side because I keep my phone because I listen to worship music while I go to the shower. And I heard the notification. I was like, are you kidding me? You really want me to do this while I'm about to walk into the shower? This is not fair. So I was, it was worth being late to the B-Real because you have only two minutes, but it was worth being late. But B-Real is an amazing app and I love it. I really, really do. But Obviously, as your youth pastor, to be corny and to be cringy, I made a series about it. And this is going to be a three-week series, and I'm really, really excited to talk about authenticity biblically. I'm not talking about authenticity the way the world looks at authenticity. I'm talking about authenticity in a biblical sense, in a scriptural sense, because the way the world knows how to be real is not the same way that Christians need to learn to be real. And I want to talk about this for the next three weeks. Psalm 139, we'll start in verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. David is writing in a sense that God is authentic. He is saying that God is basically being real to where he wants me to be real with him. And so tonight, for week one of Be Real, I want to talk about the title, Time to Be Real with God. Time to Be Real with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. I pray that you would teach us to be real, not just with 
you, but with others, with ourselves. And Lord, help us to be authentic by what the Bible says. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Being real with God is very, very important. I have three points, and I'm going to give it to you right away because I don't want to waste time. The three points I want to give to you, point number one, how to, so how to be real with God. Point number one, he already knows, okay? He already knows. He knows the good stuff, and he knows the bad stuff. He knows already. He knows. Point number two, he wants you to be honest with him. So if he already knows, why bother not to be honest with him? And then point number three, he wants to be in deep relationship with you. He wants to be in a deep, not just some surface level relationship, not a Wednesday night service and then I put it on my checklist, I'm done. He wants a deep relationship, not just the times that you talk about him to make yourself look good. Deep relationship, not when you're, you're thinking I gotta post my little scripture verse to show people that I'm doing a good job. A deep relationship with our creator, that's what he wants. He doesn't just want you to put on a show. He wants you to be authentic biblically. Let's dive deep into these three points. So being real in our culture is normal now. I kind of like it. A lot of people want to be authentic nowadays. But even trying to be authentic in a culture of performance is bad. It's really bad. All we see is performance, even trying to be authentic with performance. There's no real authenticity within the, within the culture or within themselves because they try to perceive something that they want people to know, that they want people to see. But the true authenticity that we need to have is not what the world has. And it's normal to them. And it's awesome, and I understand, and I love it, like all these books and stuff that are talking about self-help, all these things. That's great. That's fantastic. But there's going to be a time where being real puts you in too much trouble. Being real on how the world sees you how to be real will put you in trouble. The way the world tries to be authentic is not the way that believers who believe in the Bible should be authentic. There's a difference. I'm pretty sure ranting on social media is not being real. That's just being a complainer. Cussing up a storm is not being real. You just have a potty mouth. Gossiping is not being real. It's not being real. Let me say this. Let me go a little bit further. Gossiping out of frustration isn't being real. That's just gossiping. So we think the culture is teaching us to be real, but really in all reality, they're not teaching us to be real. They're teaching us to live in sin. And this is where Jesus, I believe the Lord wants to speak to some of you who have been thinking you've been living authentically, but you've really been living authentically, unbiblically. 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 Authenticity in the scripture is not the same as authenticity of the world. I want to jump in back into verse 1 and verse 2. So Psalm 139, verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. That's cool. The Lord knows me. The Lord gets me. The Lord's my homie. You know when I sit 
And when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. David understood this. And David knew he could be real with God because he got the revelation that God already knows. That's my first point. He already knows. David was like, what am I trying to hide that God doesn't already know? What am I trying not to tell God that he's already seen in advance? Kind of like how Andrea said it in the, in the worship. He already knew you were going to make mistakes. He knew that you were going to make a mistake just two hours before service. And he still wants you to be real with him. So if he knows, if he already knows that you mess up, if he already knows that you screw up a little, if he knows that already, if he knows that you've been a little selfish lately, if he knows that, why not be real with him? Why not be real with somebody who already knows what you have done and already knows what you're going to do? That's the grace part. I imagine if God, listen, if God didn't know what I was dealing with or the stuff that I was making mistakes about, I wouldn't tell him either. I wouldn't tell him anything. I would keep my mouth shut and just praise him and not tell him anything about what I'm struggling with. But because he knows, and because David makes it clear in Psalm 139, I can be real with God. Because David says that God already knows what's going on with me, I can be real with him. Being real doesn't mean you say whatever comes to your head. But being honest with your father about who you are and what you deal with. That, the authenticity of who God's created you to be, you keep that. There's other stuff that's been rotting in your heart needs to go. Because that's not authenticity of what Jesus calls authenticity. All of these things that you have in your head that are actually contradicting your faith is not being authentic. It's destroying your authenticity and your faith. It's destroying it. There are things you must need to change. God commands. There are certain things you need to let go of. The, the thing, the cost, here's the, here's the, here's what I've, I've learned and I love, and this is what keeps me sober towards Jesus. You have to learn that the cost of following Jesus is the cost of leaving everything else. What does that mean? That doesn't mean I have to just give away all of myself how they did in the scripture, but I got to get rid of stuff that gave me pleasure that gave my desires pleasure. And I have to drop those things because we can love Jesus and submit to our desires. There's a difference though between loving Jesus and being submitted to Jesus. There's a difference between, oh, I love Jesus, I adore Jesus, then compared to, Lord, if you told me I need to obey this word, I'm gonna obey it because it is your word. That is, there's a difference. There's grace in the struggle, but there's a different type of moment when you're living in the struggle. Being real with God means that you are saying what is on your heart. You're saying something that's coming from the inside, not just from what you're saying with your lips, because we all know that stuff that comes out of our mouth might defile us. And the things that come out of our out of our vocal cords here can destroy something. There's power in life and death in the tongue. So when you are being real, when you think you're being real with God, but in all honesty, you're actually not being honest with where your heart's at, 
this is where we have a problem. Pastor Brandon preached a message last week on how prayer, why do prayers go unanswered? And it was a great message. If you didn't listen to it, if you didn't go Sunday, go listen to it. It's incredible. But I've learned that God hasn't answered certain prayers because it's not what my heart wants. Let's be honest. You've prayed for stuff where your heart wasn't in it. You prayed for things where your heart was so dislocated from it that you didn't even really want to pray for it. You just felt like you had to, that you had to pray over it. It sounds weird, but some of us are not comfortable with praying for what we want. We get very uncomfortable, but we still pray for it sometimes. Why? Because our heart is not in the place of where our prayers are going. Your heart is not aligned with your lips. Your heart is not aligned with what you're saying. It's not about being real with your lips, but it's about being real with your heart. Matthew 15 verse 8 says this. We'll get Matthew 15 verse 8. Thank you. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus is telling this to Pharisees. Jesus is telling this to somebody who is saying something with their lips, but their hearts are distant from that, from what they're actually saying. So they worship Jesus. Jesus is, call, Jesus is calling some, some, some crap. He's calling out, this is not what you really mean. And a lot of the times Jesus does the same thing with us. We are praying for stuff and we're asking for stuff that is not really authentic with what we're really asking him, what we really want to ask him, what we really want to say. We're just praying what we think we need to pray for or what, we, or what we're really thinking we want to pray for. But we're not going deep within our heart and really searching our heart saying, God, I want to pray for this. There's a lot of times where I felt in my heart to pray for somebody, to because I knew they were going through a heavy situation and I knew I needed to pray for them. But there was a part of me that was like, man, I haven't prayed for them. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the selfish part of me. I had a part of me that said, I haven't prayed for myself in a while. I haven't prayed for myself in a hot minute. Let me pray for myself before I pray for this person. This is where our lips and our hearts become dislocated. This is when our heart and our lips are not even close to one another, where our heart is, at, is telling you we should pray for this, but your lips are saying, well, this sounds better, or this sounds nicer, or this sounds more great. This, uh, this makes me sound like a real Christian and bishop and pastor, and this makes me sound good. So I'm going to pray for what I know sounds good instead of praying for what my heart is asking for. So instead of me praying for that person, which was in my heart, it's of scripture. It says to pray for people. I prayed for myself. And where did that bring me? God didn't answer the prayer. And I was like, what? You answer every prayer. But I, he couldn't answer it because that's not where my heart was. He says, your lips worship me, but your heart is far. This is showing me that sometimes my prayers aren't answered because it's not that I'm, I'm not saying it with my lips because I'm saying it with my lips. I'm saying it. Don't I believe it if I say it? No, 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 no. It's not when you just say it. It's when your heart is speaking it to you. It's when your heart is really towards that prayer that you want to pray for. 
So now you're in a situation where you're praying what you thought you needed to pray for, and now you're stuck with unanswered prayer because your heart really isn't in that prayer. Does that make sense? Y'all stone cold. Y'all are silent. Lord, mercy. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) This is where we lose focus, and this is why we get mad and selfish from God, because we are asking for something that our heart is not in, that our heart is not pulled towards. It's about being real with your heart. Matthew 15, 8 is the proof. Here's another question. What are your motives and possessions? What is your motive in your heart for real? That's the opposite. So your heart could be good and be saying, pray for this person or pray for this situation or have compassion on this, on this thing or this person and your heart's saying different. But there's another way where your heart is not even aligned with anything at all. It's actually aligned with your lips, but it's not really what you should be praying for. The proof in that is Matthew 6, 21. It says, where, you tr- where your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. So the question is uh, for you, for you to ask yourself, is am I really want, am I, is my heart really aligned? I'm not talking about my lips anymore. Yes, your heart and lips need to be aligned. I just preached that. But what I'm also going to say is, is your heart aligned with scripture? That's the real question you got to ask yourself. It does it align with what God is telling me to say or do. Is this aligning? If it isn't, there's a problem. If it is thumbs up, good job. Because when it comes to scripture, that's the breathing word of God. That's what's really true. So if it doesn't align with it, it probably isn't right. And I probably shouldn't be praying for that because it's not aligning with what is good. It's not aligning with what is good. I'm asking, and you can make that scenario in your head, whether it's a relationship, whether it's material stuff, you're praying for something that that doesn't align with what God's really wanting you to pray for in the scripture. Praying for somebody, that's biblical. The disciples prayed for so many people in the book of Acts. 3,000 people got saved because they were praying over people. They were reaching out to people. That's biblical. You pray for people. That's good. But nowhere, nowhere in the scripture does it say that I'm praying for a Corvette. Nowhere in scripture does it say I'm praying for, praying for a really awesome Instagram model. That's not what, that's not what scripture says. Y'all think that's funny? You know what scenario I'm talking about when you're praying for something that is not good or not right or not even in scripture. And we pray for that. And some things like, look, if you're praying for marriage, you you gotta, you gotta bless marriage. Marriage is of God. But if you're asking, if God hasn't answered that relationship, then you shouldn't be in that relationship. Come on, somebody. You shouldn't be in that relationship because God literally did not answer it. Here's another thing, and I keep saying this over and over, and I will say it to the day I die. We get into relationships without consulting God first. We get into relationships where we think it's ooey gooey, and then when we get out of it, we're like, God, what happened? You didn't ask me. You didn't ask me first. 
You didn't put it in my altar so that I can talk to you about it. And if it is right, I will bless it for you. I will anoint it for you. But if you haven't asked me, don't be mad at me, thus saith the Lord. Don't get mad at God because you are praying for stuff that's not right. You have to be careful with what you pray for. Authenticity is very, very important. Biblically, there's value in authenticity of what the scripture says. What is authenticity? Authenticity is being real with what God says, being real with your faith, being real with all of this stuff, not just being real with like, oh, yeah, so-and-so aggravated me. I'm just being real. Oh, so-and-so really, really, really busted my nerves, and I'm, and I'm mad at them, and I'm telling people about this person. And, and it's turning into not being real. It's turning into something that is not of God. Listen, y'all, I was, let me tell you this too, because this is a story. I was asking God, I was talking to God about somebody. We all talked to God about somebody. And I was talking to him about it. And I said, Lord, they keep, this, this person keeps aggravating me. They keep saying stuff that's so stupid. And they keep, they keep talking to me about it. And I'm so sick and tired of it. And I, I, multiple prayers, I told God this. And God said, you need to cut that out. You have been talking about it for the fast, fast, fast. The last five prayers that you have been praying. And matter of fact, I love this person. Why? Because I created that person. So if you're going to continue to talk bad about my creation, then you're slapping me in the face. And I went, oh, like I got a, like, a, like a cramp in my back leg when the Lord told me that. I was like, no, wait, but they've been mean to me. But I love them. They've been mean, but I love them. There is a point where your authenticity is becoming dysfunctional and your authenticity, you're using it too much sometimes. So you have to get back to the basic of authenticity in scripture, in the Bible. What the Bible says is authentic. What is authentic? Righteousness. What is authentic? Boldness. What is authentic? Preaching the gospel. What is authentic? Loving somebody. What is authentic? Telling people that the Lord loves them. What is authentic? This. This. What Jesus is telling us to be authentic about. Instead of praising God with our hands crossed or with our stance real sweet, God is telling us your authenticity doesn't happen when you come on a Wednesday. It happens when you get into his presence and his word and his prayer every single day. You're going to miss the mark, but every single day, make it the consistency. It's not about how much. It's about how long are you going to do it? How consistent are you going to be? How consistent are you going to be with spending time with me, saith the Lord? If I think I'm being authentic by doing with what the world does, we have truly missed the mark of authenticity in scripture. Where your treasure will be, there your heart will be also. I'm gonna jump to that because I had another verse uh, highlight. I didn't put it in, in the notes, but I'll read it to y'all because it really, really spoke to me. It was in Matthew 6, I'm pretty sure. No, I am so sorry, Matthew 15. Let me go back. It's, in, it's back in Matthew 15. I think it's the, the few verses before. No, it's farther. 
Yes, verse 10. Listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up from the roots. Leave them. They were blind guides, and if blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. What is Jesus saying? He is saying that the words that come out of your mouth either will lift people people up, lift you up, bring encouragement, bring hope to other people, or you will bring yourself down and everybody with you. You will either build somebody up or tear somebody down. You will do either or. The best analogy in my head that I know about, because, because the word defile in definition means to lose value, to lose value of something like in, in, I think it's in Hebrews. In the context of marriage, it says the marriage bed is undefiled, which means that when you're married, there's a covenant. Covenant means cover. It's covering that marriage. So whatever y'all do, that's you in marriage. We got that clear? Okay. We got that clear. In that context, that is, it's undefiled. What, what does that mean? That means it doesn't lose its value because you're married. There's, no, there's value now. You don't lose it because you're under a covenant. It's the same thing with this. Undefile means that if I'm saying something stupid, if I'm saying something not right, if I'm saying something unrighteous, if I'm speaking that and calling it authenticity, I'm defiling myself. How heavy is that to know that when I speak in a negative sense, I defile myself? When I speak in a low sense of myself or somebody else, I defile them and me, I am defiling myself because I've lost value. This the perfect example. The perfect example. Everyone nowadays, because it's been popular for a long time, everybody loves to buy fake Jordans all the time. People buy straight from China, straight from there, because it's cheaper. They have off-brand websites and they buy it from there. All that stuff, that's fine. But it's cheaper because it's not the authentic one. Does that make sense? It's not valuable because it's not the authentic shoe. But if you go to StockX, if you go to Nike website, or even Jordan itself, the actual shoe is there for a heavy price. <laughs> a heavy price. Like 180 retail, right? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give you statistics. But let me tell you something right now. It is authentic because it has value. The Jordan is valuable because it is authentic. It's the actual shoe that Nike created, not just some shoe from China. Literally, this is a shoe legitimately from Nike to create the design, to ship it. And now another example, a bunch of Fancy watches, the, the, a fake Rolex, yeah, it's going to be like $30. But you know how expensive a Rolex watch is? It's expensive. But because it's real and it's authentic, being real, being real, that's authenticity. That's authenticity is knowing that there's value. So that means that if the watch or the shoe is sold by the manufacturer, I'm going somewhere. When it's sold by the manufacturer, when it's created by the manufacturer, it has value. 
It is undefiled. But when you buy something that is not real, that is fake, that is not what it was supposed to be or meant to be, it is considered defiled. So that means the manufacturer, my father, created me, made me authentic, one of a kind, and I'm willing to defile myself. It's pretty messed up. And it's where God is teaching us to be real with him because we're not even real with ourselves. And I'm going to get to that in, in, in the next two weeks. But being real with God is not the same. It's not the same as we think it is because the Jordan, it's authentic. It's real. It has the actual price and all that stuff. We are the same way. Am I saying stuff that's defiling my worth? Am I saying stuff that's defiling my righteousness? Am I saying stuff or doing stuff that is defiling what God has destined me to do? If I am, I'm in trouble. If I am, I'm murdering myself. When I continue to do that, I'm actually defiling myself. Another thing about being real with God is that it's not the same as being Christian-y or spiritual with him. But let me clarify something. And I had to learn this because I always thought spiritual, like, this, like you know, you got your spiritual people. I'm not going to get into that. There's nothing wrong with being spiritual. If you feel it in your heart to praise God, don't look at everybody else. Don't try to compare your praise or your worship to somebody else. If they have their hands down, don't keep your hands down. Raise your hands up. That is for you. That, that worship session we just had, that is for you. That's not for your friend Betsy. When she has her hands crossed, she's like, I don't even want to be here. That's for you. That is your praise. That is your worship. That is for you. So if you are looking at everybody else thinking, oh, well, they're not raising their hands, so I won't. To heck with that. You got to be authentic with God in your way, in your worship. You have to do that. And stop looking at everybody else or thinking that it, you got to put yourself in a position where you're being authentic with God no matter what anybody else says. It's okay to be spiritual sometimes, but being real with God sometimes is being like, Lord, this is a struggle right now. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm not having a good week. Blessed be the Lord. Well, not right now. Blessed be the Lord. Well, not today. Because I don't feel blessed and I don't think God wants to bless me right now. I am not blessed. Uh, I'm not blessed. I don't feel blessed. That's being honest with God. Being honest with God is not just praising him. It's not just doing all this other stuff. It's sometimes being, God, this sucks. This is not good. Because some of us have been in a praise routine, but some of us haven't expressed our pain to him. And this is where we have to be honest. I believe, and I actually had this in my first page. I forgot where it was. Being will, will, being will with God, being real with God brings transformation. Being real with the one who made you brings the transformation. And you have to learn that and you have to understand that if I'm not being honest with him about where my heart's at, if my heart is to be spiritual and praise him, do it. 
Don't let anything else stop you. Just because the world's trying to be all cool and real and all this stuff doesn't mean you don't get to. You got to praise him. That's being real. That's being more real than anybody in the room is worshiping God. But let me tell you something right now. There's going to be a time where you're going to have a horrible season and you're going to have to turn to God for that even if you think he doesn't like what you're going through. We are honestly scared of how God will react if we tell him what we're going through or the stuff that we're dealing with or maybe the sin we've been committing and we feel like he's not going to give grace. Let's go back to the first point. He already knows. He already saw you do that stupid thing before you did the stupid thing. He saw it. If he saw it, right, he sees everything. God saw you do it, and he knew you were going to do it. Why hasn't he said something to you? Why hasn't he shown his rage towards you if you made a mistake? So let me tell you something. Be honest with God because he already knows, and guess what? He's not going to react because he already knew it was coming. So stop being scared of what you're going to tell God and just tell him anyways. Psalm 139, verse 4, says this. I was going to turn to, but if we have Psalm 134. 134, 139. Before a word was on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. He knows what I'm going to say. He knows where my heart's at. He knows these things. We have to be honest with God. Here's a little bit of a reminder. Bring, being real with God brings that transformation. That is what you need to understand. Being authentic in prayer, being authentic in your worship, that is what brings transformation. Not, not thinking what you think you need to do. This is where you have to go, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Let me retrace that. I'm not just going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what I know I need to do in my heart is to worship him, is to praise him, is to get with him, spend time with him, get in a relationship, a deep relationship. That's where my third point comes from. Being in a deep relationship with God means that I'm going deeper than what I'm used to. I'm reading, I'm reading more than what I'm used to, not because I'm trying to be better than everybody else, but because I feel like there's something I need to hear from his word. So I'm going to continue to read on and make more time because I'm hungry for it. That's deep relationship with God. There has to be a hunger in you that has to pull towards that. Seasons get busy. I get it. Y'all have school. Some of y'all have jobs already. I'm like, hot dog. Y'all are so young. But like when you start to make time and you get hungry for what God wants to give to you, then you'll start to make time. You'll start to put a lot more in it doesn't happen at, in the beginning. I told you from before, it's not about how much, it's about consistency. But if you want to do more, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. That is not an evil thing to do is to read more. You're not trying to be more religious. You want to know God more. You want to read him more. You want to know him and yourself more. So when people are like, man, dude, you don't like, like, Oh, I don't, I don't read the Bible too much and, and all that. When people try to try to underline that, you got to block that negativity out. And you got to do what you are comfortable with. If you want to read more of the scripture, read more. If you want to study more, study more. If you want to pray more, pray more. Stop doing what everybody else is doing and be real biblically, Okay. Be real biblically. Don't be real like everybody else is. You got to be real with what the scripture says. How do I apply this? 
Tell God what you really think and feel. He can handle the honesty and be righteous and authentic in your faith and be that in the life you live. A lot of times we were saved. Some of us in here can say that. Some of us are very scared to say that because we, we don't have, it's not that we don't have enough faith, it's that we don't have faith whatsoever, not knowing that we are saved. I can tell you right now, listen, listen, fam, I've, I've, I've doubted my salvation. I've doubted it. When other people say, oh, I don't really doubt it, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, cool. But I've doubted it a couple of times, even as somebody who was even called to ministry. This was before I was a youth pastor, and I was so distraught. I was like, am I really saved? And I had to process that with myself, and I told myself, Jacob, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. You believe he died? Yeah. You believe he rose again? Yes. You believe that you want to surrender your life to him? You want to live for him? Yes. What does that mean? That means I really do believe in Jesus. So I can tell you from this pulpit, from this moment, I believe I will make it to heaven. I believe it. The question is, can you tell yourself the same thing with the same confidence? Because it can be a struggle out there with everybody else because they there are people out there that say they're Christian, but they live their foot in the world. They say that they believe in Jesus, but they do all these other things that, aren't, that do not glorify God. And that's where we have to be the difference. We have to be that difference. I can't be like everybody else. Because if I am, then I'm nothing. But the authenticity of what God has created us to be and how he's made us to be is I'm set apart. That's what makes me authentic. I'm set apart of everybody else. That's what makes you authentic is you are separated from everybody else that is doing all this other stuff and you are deciding to be, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting myself in that situation because I know. You know yourself, but the Holy Spirit knows yourself. And when he's telling you, ah, don't do that. What is your response? What is your response towards something that you're not comfortable with? Are you doing it out of peer pressure? Are you doing it out of the attention? Are you doing it out of, out of just making your name known to people, thinking that you're being real? No, 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 no. If, if you have this ickiness of saying, Man, I don't want to do this. I don't really like this. I think I'm a pass on this. That is being real. Being real is not doing what everybody else is doing. Being real is setting yourself apart from stuff that will destroy your life. That is being real. Being real with God is separating yourself and putting you in his glory and in his presence. There are only certain people that you should be honest with. Not everybody's trustworthy. We all know that. Not everybody's trustworthy. But God is trustworthy. And I need you to know that God is the ultimate place of safety, to be honest. Not a lot of places do it. Not a lot of people can be trustworthy. A lot of people cannot be trustworthy. I do this little technique. 
I'm, I do this little technique. So, like, for example, I'm talking to Charlie, okay? I'm chatting with, what's up, Charlie? What's up? And I'm chatting with Charlie. And I do this thing, I do this technique where I, where I give him a little vulnerable comment. Little, little. Um, I, I peed in my bed when I was four. I tell him that, right? I'm not telling him deeper stuff. Peeing when I was four, I was a kid. Who cares? I tell, <laughs> I tell, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> when I tell him, oh, I peed in the bed when I was four, and it lasted till I was five, I tell him that. Little vulnerable moment. If Charlie goes and tells everybody and they mama about it and it comes back to me, I know I can't trust him. But I do trust Charlie. I do trust you, bro. You're a great player, great guitar player. I take little vulnerable comments, and I give that to somebody, and I see what they can do with it. And if they... Take it everywhere else, they do, I do not trust them with my deep vulnerability. So there's not a lot of people that you can trust. And that's not being untrustworthy. Like, you should trust people. Uh, I trust God. I trust Jesus, not these heathens. I don't trust them. I trust Jesus, not the people who are going to spread that. That's not being real. That's not being real. I can trust God. There's going to have to be a time where you're going to have to get real with God. Time to be real. You know the two-minute warning? Take two minutes to be real with God. Take a moment to be honest with him. Take a moment to really talk to him about what's going on and about your faith. To close this, I want to pivot a little bit because there's something I need you all to know. I talked about... uh, this is why I shouldn't have had the mic, but I, I trusted myself too much, James. I trusted myself too much. Yeah. Okay. Being honest with God means that you're going to have to put yourself in a vulnerable position towards him. And a lot of us have lost trust in the world, so we have now lost a part of vulnerability with God because... We just correlate that. We're human. We correlate those things. We put the two things together. And I believe God wants to make you authentic with him again. Rachel, can you come on the uh, piano for me? I think God wants you to be more authentic, but not just being authentic. Listen, vulnerability doesn't always mean authenticity. Trust me. That's why I say I give little vulnerable comments. Because if homeboy Charlie goes and tells everybody in a mama, I can't trust the man no more. I can't trust him no more. He is trustworthy. But when it comes to God, we get nervous sometimes because we don't know how he's going to react or we act like God's going to just have his spirit hover around and tell a pastor, hey, so-and-so is doing this. And then they use a prophecy like, God told me to tell you, da 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 And you're like, that doesn't, that's not how it works. God is not a gossiper. God is not fickle like us. The Bible says people are fickle, but God is faithful. People are messed up. God is not. So I have to, quote unquote, give God my vulnerability. And for some of us, it's heavy. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about when it comes to vulnerability. Vulnerability is heavy for certain people. Some people wear their, their, their feelings on their sleeve, but not everybody does that. And sometimes it's hard to do that with God. 
I believe tonight God wants to give you a brand new perspective about vulnerability with him because he is a safe place to do that. It is time to get real with God. It's time to be real with God. If every head can be bowed and every eye can be closed, as we close tonight, maybe you don't need a safe place to talk to God yet. Maybe you need a safe place to be saved, to be born again, to to get away from the inevitable separation from God, which is you go to hell. And this is where God wants to give you this invitation tonight. And I'm going to be honest, there is going to be, in my opinion, it might be an opinion, but I've talked with other ministers, there's going to be a lot of people that we will see in heaven that we weren't expecting to be in heaven. And there's going to be people that we thought were going to go and they won't. Why? Because it's not about works. It's not about how good of a person you are. Yes, you live in righteousness, but that doesn't make you a good person. Believing in Jesus and surrendering your life to him is the ultimate safe place to be authentic. If you're in this room and you truly haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, you've been thinking about it, you've been processing it, you've been in church for a hot minute, and you really are questioning those things. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to make you repeat a prayer after me. I want you to get in a moment as an example. Right now, you're, you're standing before the King of Kings. And you're telling him that I do believe in you. I do believe that you are Jesus, the Son of God. And that you do believe that he died on the cross. The way to be saved is very simple. In Romans, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It also talks about in Romans 12 too, where we would change the way that we think to repent. Loving Jesus is not enough. That's not what gets me to heaven. It's Jesus knowing and loving me and living my life of righteousness to him. If you want to be born again, pray that. If you want to get right with him, you could have been saved for a long time and you need to get right with God. You have been in a messy place, in a messy situation, and God wants you to get right with him. Pray to him right now and ask him, Lord, I want to be right with you. I don't want to just say this with my lips. I want to say this from my heart. I really, in my heart, I want to get right with you. Don't just say it with your lips because you'll be like the Pharisees. You need to be honest and be real with God. It is time to be real with the Father. Pray to him and ask him, Lord, make me right, Lord. Ask him to convict you of any unrighteousness. Maybe there's some things that you've been comfortable with that is not of God and you have to ask him because it won't come regularly. You're going to have to ask God, Lord, convict me of the unrighteousness that does not glorify you. Because some of us 
are to the point where we're comfortable with our dysfunction. We're comfortable with our sin. And we have to ask God, Lord, soften my heart and convict me and give, put me on a right path again. That's what you have to ask him. Don't feel ashamed for it. Don't feel condemnation for it. God wants you to come to him and tell him these things so that he can transform you. That's being honest with God. Being honest with God is not just telling him you have a sucky week. Being honest with him is saying, Lord, I've been living in sin and I feel like it's separating me from you and I want to get right with you. That's being real with God. Ask him that right now. Two things. Number one, get right with him. Be real with him by getting right with him. Number two, be real with him by telling him what's going on to where you can release that burden of stress and anxiety of the situation in your life right now. You need to tell him what is going on. He already knows what it is. He already saw what it was going to become. So you need to tell him and say, Lord, thank you for understanding. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for sitting with me. I want to read this quote before done praying. I believe the Lord wants to speak this to somebody. This is for somebody in this room because I wrote it yesterday and I put it on a sticky note. I don't need to hear God can heal me. I need to hear God is with me. I don't need to hear God can heal me. I need to hear God is with me. This is not something from your lips because you've been saying from your lips, I need God to heal me. But really, your heart is saying, I need God to sit with me in this dark place. This is for somebody. You don't really want to hear, God is going to heal me. You don't want to hear that. What your heart is really saying is, God, I want you, I want to know that you're with me. I want to know that you're sitting with me, that you're weeping with me, just as Lazarus is dead and I know that you can heal him, but if you want to sit with me instead, sit with me instead. If I can't get this healing now, sit with me instead. If I, if you can't change the past like I thought you would, sit with me at least. Be real with God. Be real with God. You need to hear that God is with you. He has always been with you. He has always sat at your side in places of defeat and darkness. He has always sat there. As you have tried to live for him, as you have tried to serve him, and nothing gets better, you're still in the same darkness. He's still there, and he tells us we would go through darkness. We would go through these trials and problems and seasons and situations. He told us that, so why be surprised that he would sit with you? Lord, I thank you that you sit with us and you, ha- and you take the time to be real with us. Lord, I just challenge them, Lord, to be real with you. But Lord, thank you for first being real with us by sending Jesus, by giving us a second chance, by giving us the Holy Spirit to where we can live a life that glorifies you. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that we can be real in moments, Lord, because you have always been real. You have given us permission to be real. Not like how the world does it, but Lord, how you say it is. Lord, because it is right, it is true, it is fruitful. So Lord, I pray that we will start to be real with you starting this week. 
and that we would pray to you and that it would make it more interesting, Lord. I don't want to just pray some pretty prayer. Lord, I am more interested in telling you what's going on rather than what I think I need to pray for. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts and our lips would be aligned to what we really, what we're really feeling within our heart towards you, towards others. And I pray that if it's not of you, Lord, change our heart. But if it is, Lord, align our heart with our lips as we become more authentic and learn to be real with you. We thank you, we praise you, and it's in your glorious name we pray. Amen. Amen.